Welcome to the ICN podcast and our Everyday Mystics series. Some may think that a mystic is someone who lives in a cave, in the clouds, or in the cloister. But in truth, being a mystic is not something that takes us out of living in the world, but more deeply into and through the regular circumstances of everyday life. These are the stories of those who are living their embodied mysticism integrated into life as usual, but far from ordinary. And today we're here with Donnie Wilson. Donnie, thanks so much for doing this, for having this conversation with me. Well, thank you for inviting me. Yes, my pleasure. So we jump it right off and start and and ask, do you consider yourself a mystic? Why or why not? I don't know. I certainly... I don't know. I can't answer that. I um, I would not consider myself a religious person in that sense. Sure. But I'm finding that as I get older, that uh, things that are unseen and seem to be taking more of a, an, an important role in my life. And my experiences uh, have deepened so much. When I started out, uh, I was I was not brought up in a home that had anything to do with Christianity or any other faith. So my, when I started, I think the um, my first hint of any kind of interest was my best friend and I in grade twelve, high school would go to a different church every Sunday. And we experienced all the different traditions. And I don't know what motivated us, but I think there was a deep need inside for me, knowing that there was something more than what I was experiencing in my everyday life. And I think it was an act of grace. I can't explain it, but nothing ever came of that very much until I got married after I graduated from university and got married. And my husband and his family were Episcopalians. And I was married in the Episcopal Church and became involved in that uh, quite seriously and um, involved with the women of the church and, and took it seriously. Uh, But then something in me spoke that this was not where I wanted to be. And so I dropped out and uh, never, never even thought about it again until I was invited to uh, a Dr. Chen's house to learn how to meditate. And he was a devotee of Swami Chidvilasananda in City Yoga. And I became involved in that and went to my first intensive and uh, was really taken with the experience and started studying uh, about that. And um, one thing led to another. I was in City Yoga for quite a long time, 12 years, I think more. 
and went to India and lived in an ashram for two years, which I found out that uh, I loved that life. And even now when I think about it, I, I'd go back there in, in a minute. The, um, the, it was a, an ashram in the city in Oakland, California. Uh, and I, I just, I loved walking down the hall and meeting somebody and having a deep conversation over meals and, and the meditation rooms were so beautiful and, and uh, so much meaning. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and that's, let me jump in here and you're, you're, you're doing great. I mean, I, I know you as a, as a spiritual seeker and, and an adventurer and that living in an ashram for two years, maybe, maybe we'll come back to that. Um, and, and, and what you're, you're starting with here and, and you kind of mentioned of, um, and, and as a theme of this, these conversations about mysticism and how we categorize things, right. doesn't really matter in some sense, but, um, you know, kind of the, the balance between religion and spirituality and, you know, participating in the Episcopal church, which is kind of a high church thing and mm-hmm. you know, doing that with, with your husband and family. And that's, that's like, um, a thing that that is probably fairly common for a lot of people in in life in Canada and the U.S. and um, especially probably at the time that you were you were a, a part of that. But you know, I'm you're, you're also kind of just hinting at this sense of a, of an inner knowing that that has been with you from a young age, right? You mentioned that it's grace that there's something more. Like you mentioned like something in me said this, right? This this inner voice that was like, I'm done with this. I I want I want something more. There there's something else in that, and that that propelled you into these these different expressions. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm just curious of um, is that something that you learn to listen to? Was it something you didn't really have a choice to <laughs> pay attention to or not? Or, um, yeah. Do you, how, how do you feel about that inner voice or that sense well, of knowing? I don't know. I think I was about seven years old and I was walking down a street and all of a sudden I had this feeling that there was only one that I can remember the, the fence on one side and, uh, was this, feeling that I'd never experienced before. Like I had been there before and this was a timeless moment. Um, I didn't have any place to put that in what I knew. So nothing came of it. But then when I was about 17, uh, I was living in the Hawaiian Islands and went with a group of kids over to the island Molokai and they were going Um, deer hunting and I didn't want to do that so they dropped me off at a bay I was absolutely alone and I spent hours there by myself and again there was this feeling of this is everything right now in this moment it was a, a feeling of completion of um, just a steadiness, an inclusion. I can't, I don't have the words really to explain it. Yeah. But it was definitely different than my, and I, I can, even talking to you about it, I can 
I can experience that a little bit again. I can feel it mm. again. But I had nowhere to put that. I, I didn't, I'd never heard anything about it or, you know. So it wasn't until I got um, living in the ashram, I think that was, that was a real time for me to um, go deeper into these moments of, I want to say connection, uh, spaciousness, uh, inner, inner peace, a time, a sense of timelessness and spaciousness. Yeah, absolutely. Then we'll, we'll come back to that timeless element. Uh, you know, the, the ashram and living there for two years, and you, you said you love that life. And, you know, we we talk about everyday mysticism, and it's not in the cloister, it's in it's in everyday life. But, you know, that that's a profound experience to to live in a in a community like that, a spiritual community with that, that degree of dedication for two years. And, um, you know, I'm just curious of, well, when that was, how old were you? And it's been many years since then, right? So what was, what, how, how did that, I mean, leaving that, the integration, the, what, what did you carry from that? How has that continued to impact your living spirituality or mysticism uh, since then? It seems that I've been on a number of different, oh, I had another, can I talk about another experience I had that probably was a moment of conversion. It's the only oh, thing sure. I can think of. Yeah, please do. When I was in the Episcopal Church, I went to um, a diocesan conference, and I was on the campus of a university, and it was a big deal. There were Episcopal priests from South Africa um, that were in robes and so on. It was really an amazing experience. But I was sitting in this class, and a young priest was, was giving the class. I don't have any idea what it was about at this point. But all of a sudden, he threw down his Bible onto this table, and he got very angry, and he looked out at the class, and he said, we're, supposed, we're giving you crumbs from the Lord's table, but there's so much more, and all we are doing is giving you the crumbs. And he said it with such conviction. And something happened in me that everything I knew, my whole experience, the whole of me was thrown up in the air. And when it all came down, it, everything had shifted. Um, I remember sitting there in that classroom and I was stunned. I couldn't move. And I don't know, an hour later, everybody left the classroom. I was all by myself. But I, again, I can't explain that. Or, but it, it had such an incredible impact on me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that really speaks to that desire for something more, mm -hmm. uh, that sense of, and, and I think... I'd imagine a lot of people can identify that, right? Our our experiences with religion sometimes, or <laughs> or the way it comes through in in church or in kind of the maybe standard modes of of ways that we engage with that really are just the crumbs. Yeah, um, yeah. 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 And a, another 
very deep experience that I've had is, um, I don't know if you've heard of them, the Guild for Psychological Studies. It's based in the mountains outside of San Francisco. And it's uh, there's another translation of the Bible they use, but it's a lot of people who come together who have been in, in serious members in the churches and so on. And um, I went with them on a pilgrimage to Palestine and we um, followed in the steps of Jesus. We went everywhere that Jesus is purported to have been. And we meditated in those places. We were given questions that we um, answered to ourselves in our journals. And that was the most profound experience I've ever had. That was about three weeks of being steeped in where Jesus walked and talked and lived and on that land there's something that's contained in the land itself it's just amazing Mm. what did that feel like for you uh when you were in those places and and how did that experience feel oh what can i say (laughs) what can i say um It's something about connection. It's something about expansion, connection. Um, A couple of times I, I think I, in my mind, I had this image of Jesus. Uh, I could imagine standing on on the Mount where he gave the, um, um, the, um, <laughs> the sermon, the sermon, the on, the sermon on the mount. Yes, I'm standing on the mount, and uh, I could imagine all these people standing below, and I could imagine him. When I say imagine, it wasn't like I was making it up. Mm-hmm. It's like it was actually there, um, and he was talking, and the people in front were repeating his words. And the people behind them could hear the words, and and those his words were going back, um, being repeated until everybody heard his words. And there were several times when, as his presence was was just there, just, yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, I, I I feel like that's a good metaphor, maybe for something that's emerging right now in me as I hear you talk about these aspects of your life and these moments and these stories of of kind of the 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 mount the 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 mountaintop right these these deep profound experiences of momentary conversion right in the in the church or um even even two years in an ashram in a sense of the the full scale of your life right is is sort of a, a standout experience of intensity and and um, and a little different from the everyday life, the in between, all the things that you've done in in your years, and and the way that that um, flows together in the timeless, which which we mentioned before, this this element of um, of the timelessness of those experiences that you can still be in them now, that you can. Um, have have sort of a, a participation in them in any any moment in your life mm-hmm. and yeah that that's a you know a big part of of what this series is about as well of 
of integration. Like how do we, how do we, we bring this mysticism into our life? How does it affect who we are in our relationships or our work or, um, you know, the, the day-to-day moments. And, and I'm just curious with you, Donnie, I know, I know you're retired, right. And, um, what was the work that you did before? Oh gosh, I've done almost, Oh, <laughs> okay. So we don't have to yeah. go back to that if you don't want to, but, but how, so let's just stick with today. Like how, how, um, how are you finding this participation in the timeless, this inner knowing these, these moments in your life that have shaped you and formed you? Um, how is, how is all of that affecting your life and how you live today? I think what's important for me now is relationship is I really like being love being with people and I'm going to say this it's going to sound very strange and I'm not sure but I don't know how to explain it is a sense of love that um when I'm with people, I, I have this feeling of love. And I'm conscious of wanting to make a deeper connection with them, knowing that the way they look isn't who the totality of who they are. I've never spoken to this before, but... Yeah, I guess it's something about recognizing the divinity in people, recognizing that we are divine, that we are totally divine. And I'm learning that I used to make judgments about what was good and what was bad in my life. And now I realize that there is a greater something that's happening there is a, what do you call it, source or a power or a God that is truly everywhere present mm-hmm. and in everything and working through everything. And somehow being with people who are willing to share themselves or even people who aren't, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know, we can share jokes or we can tell stories, but uh, there's something more that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you mentioned right at the beginning, you're, you're drawing more to the unseen and what you're naming now is sort of this ability to see past appearances and press into the deeper connection. It, It almost sort of, to me, seems like that that sense of inner knowing that inner voice that you talked about from when you were younger is you're, you're, you're hearing that or seeing that in others too, right? We're, we're connecting at that, that underneath divine point um, points, probably not quite the right word, right. But that, that place of shared inner knowing or relationship or love or, or deeper connection through that, Mm -hmm. that recognition. Um, That's beautiful. Yeah. 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 And, Life is for me right now is very rich. Yeah. I've had so many experiences where 
I've faced impatience or rudeness and haven't responded in kind and and seen the shift that happens. Mm. Yeah, Donnie, you you told me uh, not too long ago about an experience with your daughter uh, that was very powerful and, and touches into the timeless as well. I wondered if you might share that. If you'd be yeah. Willing. Uh, when um, I was very impatient with my daughter, is that the one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> incredibly impatient with her when she came into the room. And um, then she walked out of the room and immediately the, the guilt came crashing down on me. And I realized how, I had been irritable with her, I realized, all her life. And it was an inner knowing that I just knew it. And uh, so I went out and, and got her and we sat down and talked. And we, now we've developed a really good relationship. And I told her that I had realized that I had been irritable with her all her life. She looked at me, her eyes filled up with tears. And she said, Mother, I've worked on that in therapy more than anything else. And what we realized after we got to talking about this, that this was a generational thing. And that in that moment, I realized that the relationship between my mother and I, and also my other daughter and I, and um, realized also that that had been healed. Um, I was talking to somebody and saying that I must talk to my daughter, other daughter, to let her know. Um, And this person said, no, you don't have to. It's already already healed. And it has been. We actually changed the past and the future. And uh, it was an amazing experience. That was, and it, there's an inner knowing that goes with that. It's not just I think that that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know what happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so does my daughter. Yeah, I've experienced that too. Where there's like, um, there's something that changes, and through. The, the depth of it in some way, right? It, it makes the memories different. I mean, the, the memories are still the memories, right? The things happen technically the way they happened, um, but also not. Also now it's different. Mm-hmm. Now there's a change that the felt experience and the reality of it as it lives today and now, and maybe also in some sense, how it actually was then uh, has been transformed. And that's a, that's a very mystical thing that, that yeah. participation in the timeless, the the transformation of of our lives and our experiences, um, not bound by <laughs> time and space. Yeah, that incredible. You know? It is. It really yeah. is. And and to have that experience, and it's not something that I've read about in the book. And how that and how that makes such a difference in people's lives, as you said, generationally, right? How that changes, not just the past, but the future of, of generations of, of children and grandchildren. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, even you sharing that story with me, uh, gave me an awareness of those, those generational energies, those, those habits and patterns that, that just sort of 
come and rest on us, especially with family things, right. Um, that have come from uh, our parents or our grandparents and, and we can so easily and unconsciously pass those on right to our children or just in the way that we act and affect them and to, to really stop that cycle and, and, and not just stop it, but transform it and, and change what it was and what it will be is just amazing. And so, so powerfully profound. And, and with that, there's, you know, there's a moment in that story that really strikes me that you've called a couple times an inner knowing, right? Like this has been something that's happened in your life for, for many, many, many years. Right. And all of a sudden in one moment, it just hit you, you said, right. It just, there was this inner knowing this, this recognition and, we could call that a grace because right. How does that, <laughs> how does that happen? But that's also something that you've shared all throughout your story. This, this sort of um, attunement to that voice. And and of course it comes in different ways at different times. Um, I'm wondering if you have any, any feeling about that or experience or sense of like, what, what, how does that happen? How did, <laughs> why was that moment, the moment that it, it just sort of seemed to arrive and come and, and change everything? I've never thought about that. I wonder, I, yes, I do have an idea. It's, I really believe in vulnerability and it's the awareness that I have nothing to protect. That's another experience I had. Yeah, the time that I could have been in danger and I realized that this feeling started in my feet and came right up through my body, just this great whoosh. And I realized that this person I was with could fill me full of drugs or rape me or whatever and leave me in a ditch and I would, my body would never be found. And then I realized, and this is grace, that that could be done to me. That person could do that to me, but it couldn't hurt me. It could only hurt my body, but not me. And I think in that moment, I realized the eternal yeah wow and absolutely that vulnerability i i think you've also does that tie into some of the the health challenges that you've had in your past and you've shared a bit with me some about the process of of undergoing and going through some of that does that connect to this experience of of vulnerability and and knowing having that (laughs) well i think yeah i don't know i think about vulnerability it doesn't work if it's 99.9 percent <laughs> has to be a hundred percent i don't i don't know about the health things because oh that uh when i was had cancer in my knee i was diagnosed there was a bone scan and i had a malignancy in my knee and uh, i was lying on the this was before before I had the biopsy and I was lying on the table, my guru came to me up just on the right-hand side up in the air and said, don't worry, I will take care of you. And from that moment on until I had the surgery, which was a month or two later, 
I was living in an altered state of consciousness that I knew I would be okay. And it didn't matter whether I died from the cancer or not, that I would be taken care of. And it turned out after the surgery, the doctor came into the room and he was laughing and he said, I didn't even send it into pathology that it was just watering me. Mm -hmm. Wow. I don't know how to explain. You can't explain. Yeah, you can, yeah. Well, it's amazing because it, in some ways, that sounds like an invulnerability, right? Like you, <laughs> you reach, you were in this state of just like, well, it's nothing can, nothing. I'm gonna be okay. Like there's a a deep knowing in that. And and just to clarify, when you mentioned your guru came to you, you meant like in spirit, not in like spirit, a physical. Yeah, yeah well, in spirit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw her, but she wasn't really there. <laughs> right, right, right. The, the, the scene of the unseen, yes. Yeah. So and when she yeah. said, I will, don't worry, I will take care of you. Mm. She wasn't saying she'd heal me. Okay. But, I just yeah. wanted to make sure that would, would, would come through because you, <laughs> you balked at being a mystic at the beginning, but you're just sharing all of these things uh, that I'm not trying to convince you, but... Um, <laughs> It's definitely, definitely present. And, uh, and um, yeah, Donnie, you, you've, you've been just such a, an inspiration to me and a, and a, and a beautiful presence with your openness, with your vulnerability, with your sense of in that relationship, in that field of meeting others and connecting and, and just this um, <clears throat> it's deeper than a curiosity, but it's, it's a, a receptivity that is really unique and really wonderful. And I think uh, an absolute inspiration. I, I wondered if you might share your age with those listening oh. because that. <laughs> <laughs> well, next birthday, I'm going to be 92. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is just amazing that, that, I mean, you've, you've had this absolutely long life and you cult and you're, you're still just this, 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 open spirit and i mean wow the <laughs> the 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 way that you have shared in our you know and i experienced you like i said in, in these relationships in this sense you were talking about that being really alive for you now and 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 seeing again that inner knowing that inner seeing moving into relationship moving into to a deeper love for others is is really beautiful and is such a gift and i'm i feel privileged to have um receive that from you uh since i've known you these last what couple of years or so so yeah, thank you yeah <laughs> don't know about time anyway yeah right it's, it's all it's all time <laughs> oh yeah. it's, it's so difficult to try to to explain these and and um to share them yeah and it, i mean it, there's a sense of in even the same way of right the details of our lives but underneath that the unseen the inner knowing this 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 participation in that completion in that oneness in the timeless that that we tap into and that we touch into underneath the words underneath the details and it comes through in the energy of your voice right in just sort of the the way of being that again, like you said, it, it's hard to find the words. It's hard to express it, but I don't have uh, any doubt that it's been heard, that it's been felt, that it's it's come through in this sense of, I mean, just the way you speak about vulnerability or relationship or or connection. It it 
it speaks to and and comes through in ways that go much much beyond the words so well, you know i think that we all we may not name it but how many of us have stood on the beach at sunrise and that's what it is that feeling of, of uh, you know we've had moments i'm sure most people have we just haven't known to name it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and those and those moments in our timeless participation happen always and every day in our lives. I I live in Kansas City, which is in the center of the U.S., very far from any ocean, <laughs> right? So I treasure those moments that I get to stand stand on the beach. But I know that living in the midst of the plains and the uh, <laughs> right, the distance from the ocean, um, that I, that I can still live with that just in very much the same way, like you're talking about, you've, you've had these moments and these experiences in your life. And, and that's what we can point to. That's what we can maybe name and tell the stories of, but, um, just as much, maybe even if not more powerful and impactful and, and meaningful and significant in our lives is the way that you hold that. And we hold that and we carry it in our day-to-day every moment and the way that we meet one another and, and discuss and yes. open our ourselves and our hearts to one another. So it's that moment of delight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. And, and it's been a, a total delight to share with you today, Donnie, thank you so much for, uh, for talking with me, for sharing your story with all of those who will be listening and um, yeah, just full of gratitude. Thank my you. Heart for you. Yeah.